When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to make your life happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we'll talk about why you should be full of desire, but easy to please. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the four tendencies, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, I have to say one of my favorite things about you is that you are very easy to please. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretch, I don't know if Adam would say I'm so easy to please, <laughs> but I'm glad you think I am. <laughs> So listen, before we jump in, we got a great update from this listener, Colleen, who I met in San Francisco. It was amazing. She sent this email, which was a response to episode 134. And in episode 134, we talked about our listener, Eugenia's father-in-law was giving her potted plants and she was feeling guilty because she could never keep the plants alive. And we talked about how to handle that. And this is what Colleen had to say. And she said, Hi, Gretchen and Elizabeth. I wanted to offer a pro tip in response to your last episode on potted plant anxiety. (laughs) I work for the company that produces many of the potted orchids, roses, and other gift plants you buy everywhere from Whole Foods to Walmart. Here's the too well-kept industry secret. Those plants aren't meant to last forever, truly. We select varieties that are specifically bred to be beautiful and long-lasting on supermarket shelves and in homes, but only for a few weeks, not years. 
Many consumers love that these last much longer than cut flowers in a vase. They'll bring beauty and maybe a splash of color or calm, not for days, but for weeks after your house guest leaves. You've heard of planned obsolescence in the tech industry. You don't expect your iPhone to last forever, so don't expect that of your orchid either. As Marie Kondo would say, thank it for its service and bringing you joy, then toss it in the compost and buy another. Elizabeth was insightful in pinpointing, thank you, that the sadness <laughs> and guilt stems from an expectation that potted plants last longer than cut flowers. So take it from an expert, let that expectation go, and just appreciate the ephemeral beauty while it lasts. So it was so fun to get this from Colleen and then to meet her in person. And she brought me a beautiful potted plant, uh, which was so yeah. so thoughtful and fun and like a great real-life tie-in to the podcast. So thank you, Colleen, for reassuring everybody that it's not that we lack a green thumb if we can't keep those potted plants going for long. That is great to know. I had no clue. I had no clue. And this is episode 139. And so we are coming up on very special episode 140 about... What is the right thing to say and what is the wrong thing to say? Emphasis mm. on what are the right things to say. That's m more helpful. So keep those comments and examples coming. We're loving reading what everybody says, and we're really looking forward to the very special episode. Yeah, whether a person's dealing with divorce, illness, infertility, uh, death in the family, what are things that are helpful? Because we're all always searching for the right words, and we, we want to connect, but sometimes it's hard to know what to say. So I'd love to hear your ideas. And also, as Gretchen said, what not to say. Yes. And so listen, for this week, our Try This at Home tip is to be full of desire, but easy to please. That's a very intriguing directive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking about why mom and dad are such easy house guests. So okay. whenever so this is house guest related, this is house guest related, though, I think it's sort of a transcendent idea. But so I was thinking about, well, why are mom and dad easy house guests? Because I was thinking I want to copy this for myself when I have adult children. And I realized it's really three things. But the first part of it is to be full of desire and easy to please, which is have a lot of things that you want to do, like be interested and think like, oh, it'd be fun to do this. It'd be fun to do that. Yeah, we want to make this plan. But at the same time, be completely easygoing. Like, oh, you want to get pizza? Let's get pizza. Want to go to the museum? That sounds like a great idea. Like be very easy to satisfy, but not indifferent. Mm -hmm. And plus, mom and dad are not judgmental. They never say things like, shouldn't the girls be in bed yet? Or don't you think we should set the table? They just roll with it. So they're full of desire, but easy to please. Yes, they are great guests. Very easy. And Gretchen, I think sometimes in terms of the sort of be full of desire part of it, like sometimes people don't want to state a desire when they come over to your house because they think it'd be easier for them not to state a desire. For example, if they someone comes in and you say, oh, what would you like to drink? And they're like, oh, whatever. And it's like, well, we have, you know, wine, red or white. And they're like, oh, whatever's easier. It's like, to me, if they just say, I want red or I want white, then I ha I know what to do. Right. And it's not on me to make the decision for them. Well, and I think there's a fun aspect of feeling like, oh, I'm giving somebody something that they want. They would like to have something. This is their preference. I would like to meet their preference. But at the same time, it's nice that they're easy to please. If you're like, would you like red wine or white wine? They're not like, oh, what I'm really in the mood for is champagne. And you're like, oh, well, right. <laughs> that's a pain or I don't know if we have that. It's like they're full of desire, but they're also easy to please. Yeah. It's like when a kid comes over to play and you go, what do you want to do? And like, I don't know. What do you want to do? 
what do you want to do? What do you want to do? It's like somebody has to do the mental work of deciding what to do. And so it's nice if you're staying at someone's house or visiting their house that you contribute to deciding what to do as opposed to trying to be, quote, easy by not contributing. Yeah, I think it's nice when people are like, oh, I'd like to do this and this and this and this and this or this sounds like fun or, you know, it makes you feel like you're more able to please them. But you're not having to generate everything because I think at a certain point that becomes very exhausting. And also you feel weirdly like they're impossible to please, even though they're acting Mm. as though they would be pleased by anything. It starts feeling very futile because you're like, if no one thing's better than another thing, like, why don't we just stay home and watch TV? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I will say in L.A. because it's so hard to get around in L.A. It's so big. Uh. Uh, because one thing about being a good house guest, of course, is some independence. Yes. And that's very easy in New York City. You can just walk out the door. No one's dependent on you for traveling anywhere. Yeah. But since the invention of Uber and Lyft, um, the ride sharing apps, it's become, I think, easier to be a house guest in LA too, because you can just call a car and go where you want to go and you're not dependent on someone to drive you. Right, right. So you're, if you do express a desire, you're easy to please because you can just take care of yourself. You don't have to like wait around for somebody else to take you. But the third thing, so there's be full of desire and easy to please. And then I think not being judgmental. Yes. And I think this is important to realize because when I was thinking about this with mom and dad, I was trying to kind of extrapolate the lessons for myself, what I would learn from their model is that if you want to be a frequent guest, if you want to be welcome as a guest, Mm -hmm. if you're judgmental, people are less likely to be excited about the idea that you would be coming because they're going to feel like they're judged and they're going to feel like they have to go out of their way to be different or to live up to your standard or they're going to have to fear your criticism. Whereas if you want someone to just always be excited that you're coming, it's kind of like, well, we're just going to, you know, it might be messy. You know, it might not be so organized. You might not approve of everything that we're doing, but that's okay. Because you're not going to be judgmental. And so I don't have to feel bad about that or dread the idea that you're going to come and see what's going on in my household at close range. <laughs> yeah. Now, well, Gretchen, you were recently a house guest in yes. my house and you're a very easy guest. And beforehand, Adam was like, the guest room isn't done. How can we put your sister in there? We doesn't have a, you know, a dresser. And I'm like, trust me, she's not going to care. whatsoever." <laughs> well, that's good. Yes. I had no anxiety about you being my house guest. I knew you wouldn't judge me. Um, even though you're a happiness bully, I knew you wouldn't judge me. <laughs> yes. Another very practical thing I want to add to the house guest discussion is when people ask, what would you like to have like in the fridge? Mm. Just say what you want to have. Mm. Like I love with you. I know what to get. I know what you want. Yeah. And then I can just get it and have it for you as opposed to people who say, oh, whatever you have is going to be fine. It's just so much easier for me if I know what you want to eat. And it was, and you got exactly what I wanted. And I, and a lot of times, like I had to eat breakfast before you were up because I was doing all stuff early and I could just take care of myself. And that was a great feeling. Yes. I expressed my desire and you got it. And that was, uh, made it all so pleasant. And you were easy to please. And I was easy to please. And of course, Gretchen, like many things, this applies to all sorts of areas in life, not just being a house guest. I mean, If you're picking a restaurant with a friend, if you're at Disneyland and everyone's trying to decide what ride (laughs) to ride next, you know, be full of desire, but easy to please. And non-judgmental. Yes. 
Let us know if you do try this at home and how being full of desire but easy to please and being non- non-judgmental works for you. Twitter or Facebook, drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com or go to happiercast.com slash 139 for everything related to this episode. There are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing, from hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting. His retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And, Gretch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash happier. That's storyworth.com slash happier to save $10 on your first purchase. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Alyssa, this happiness hack is so nicely tied into our Try This at Home because it's all about how to be a good host when you're having a house guest. Yes, it comes from Claire and she says, I have a picture frame on the bedside table in our guest room and I changed the picture for each guest. When my husband's aunt and uncle stayed with us, I put in a picture of them with my husband at the Golden Gate Bridge. When my grad school friend stayed with us, I put in a picture of us on our graduation day. This is something very small that makes our guests so happy. Most drugstores now have a photo kiosk where you can just plug your phone in and print photos right from your phone. This hack is a very easy way to make guests feel welcome in our home. So this is about being a good host, Gretch. And I love this idea of being a good host because you would feel so kind of singled out. You know, like you would really feel like, oh, I have an important place in this person's life because Mm -hmm. here they are having a photograph of us specifically in the room while I'm there. And so it would really make you feel very, very welcome and sort of treasured. Yeah. Because there's a picture highlighting you. Yeah, this is such a good idea. But listen, I got to say, I don't know about this photo kiosk thing. I've never heard of that in a drugstore. Oh, yes. This is in every drugstore. I mean, this is all over L.A. I assume it's in New York, too where you can just print pictures right in the drugstore from your phone. We do it all the time. That's the only way we ever print pictures, basically. 
Oh. So it's like you used to go to the, you know, one hour photo <laughs> mat. Now you just go to the kiosk and print pictures. Well, that's so great. So you can have the exactly the right photo to welcome your guests. So thank you very much for that hack, Claire. It's a great way to be a great host. Yes, it's important to be a good guest, but also important to be a good host. Yes, yes. Um, now, listen, we're going to talk about the four tendencies tip. This is where we talk about a tip for harnessing the strengths of your tendency, whether you're an upholder, a mm-hmm. questioner, an obliger, or a rebel, or how to deal with the limits or downsides of your tendency. Every tendency has strengths. Every tendency has weaknesses. And this one comes from Shivani. She says... My roommate is an obliger, whereas I am a questioner. We are in the same graduate school program, so we have lots of overlap with classes and spend lots of time together. I sometimes find myself questioning why she needs external accountability, why she can't plan for herself, etc. There are times where I can remind myself that that is just her tendency, and by working with it, we can both be happier. But many times I find myself being exhausted by being the external accountability and don't know why she can't just be her own external accountability. I suggested putting post-its of reminders wherever she needs. What do you suggest we do for better communication of expectations without sounding condescending on my end? Signed, I don't want to be your baby. <laughs> Well, this is something that comes up a lot, especially with upholders and questioners, because they readily meet inner expectations. And the thing is, they often don't want to be accountability partners. It's a lot of work and effort mm. and persistence. And you have to be very consistent if you're going to be a responsible accountability partner for someone else. And a lot of times, upholders and questioners, like they don't want that work. Right. They kind of like, I don't need that. I don't see why you need that. I don't want to have to do it. And that's right. sort of what's happening to Shivani. She's like, it's a lot of work for me to be this external accountability, and I, I don't want to have to do it. Yeah, and you don't want to build up resentment yeah. toward your roommate because um, that could lead to all kinds of bad things. But the thing is, if you're dealing with an obliger, and she is, that obliger needs structures of external accountability. That is what obligers need. So this obliger is quite correct that she needs external accountability. So what the issue is, is that this questioner does not want to be that external accountability partner. So the answer is not to say to the obliger, you shouldn't need external accountability. You should be your own accountability because it's like, okay, clearly putting up the post-it reminders is not working for this roommate. Right. So don't say, well, you should be able to do it. Say, I can't play this role for you. Let's think of another system that you could put into place. There's a million ways to create external accountability once you realize that that's what a person needs. And it's perfectly fine to say, I don't want to do that work for you because it is a lot of work. But it's not to say like, you should just do it yourself. No, it's you should find another form of external accountability. Yeah, because also her roommate's not always going to be there. So she doesn't want to get too dependent on the roommate, even for her own sake. Well, and this is one of the reasons that I don't really, I often think that accountability partners don't work as well, because the problem with an accountability partner is if that partner loses interest or wanders off or gets Mm -hmm. distracted, then you've lost your accountability. So it's much better to have like, Uh, a form that's more stable, like something like an accountability group. And, you know, I have that app, the Better app, um, which you can find in the App Store under Better Gretchen Rubin, or you can go on from a desktop to the Better app. It's called betterapp.us. You can find it. And there people can join accountability groups. And that's good because when there's a group, if one person drifts off or something, you still have the power of the group 
to keep you going. And there's, you know, there's just more people. So that's added accountability. Uh, But what I think is important is to recognize that there does need to be some form of outer accountability. And this obliger is right for her in seeking it. But it's also permissible for a questioner to say, I'm not interested in playing this role for you. Let me try to help you figure out another system to put into place. Yeah, because that's a lot of pressure. I completely understand that point of view. Yeah. As a fellow obliger, I completely understand why someone wouldn't want to be, you know, my accountability person. And like you say, if you're living with that person and seeing them all the time, they could build up resentment. There could become obliger rebellion. And then that's a whole other thing that could happen. So it's an important thing to deal with. And it sounds like they've got a good handle on what needs to be fixed. So I think that's a great question, Shivani. I think probably a lot of questioners and also upholders have struggled with this of like, I don't want to be your babysitter. Even though somebody's saying like, it would really help me out if you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good luck with that. I hope that's helpful. Yes. And now for a listener question. We've been hearing from lots of listeners in this episode. And here we got a listener question. Um, and as always, you can leave us a voicemail question at 774-277-9336. Or easier to remember, 77-HAPPY-336. Or write us at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And this week's question comes from Hillary. Yes, she says, I would love to hear a happier behind the scenes episode about the process that goes into preparing for your podcast every week. I love how structured the podcast is, and it comes across as deceptively simple, but I know these things take a lot of work to make it look easy. I would love to learn how you both approach your preparation and get a peek behind the curtain of the Happier Podcast. Oh, what a fun question. Yeah. Thank you, Hillary, for the interest. Yes, we we are highly structured. And so one of the things that I do is I keep a running list of all ideas that we have for the different segments. And so at any one time, we have lots and lots and lots of examples of things that we can be pondering or considering as possibilities for discussion. Yeah. And we're constantly getting listener emails um, or phone calls. And a lot of times people send in great ideas. And as everyone knows from listening to the show, and we'll keep those in our lists of possible topics for future episodes. And we pay attention to what's happening in our lives. Like, uh, you know, as you can tell from the show, a lot of times something will be inspired by you know, me pondering why mom and dad are good house guests or, uh, you know, going on a book tour or Liz's renovation, Eliza going off to college, things that are happening in our own lives spur us to reflect on the general principles about what it means about how to be happier. Yeah. And then we do prepare for the podcast. We talk on the phone and you keep a running outline of what we're going to talk about for each segment. Yeah. And then you go off and you do the hard work, Gretchen, of actually writing up the notes of what we talked about. So you definitely bear the brunt. (laughs) Yeah, I do the show outline where it talks about what the subject is and then kind of what the like examples or illustrations or stories that we've talked about that we think will shed light on it. And you're right, like we typically will talk uh, Sunday morning, Saturday morning or Sunday morning and, and go through for a couple of hours which is always super fun for us. I think that's a really fun part of the podcast yeah. is just the preparation and kind of talking it through. And a lot of times we'll go off on a digression and be like, well, this isn't really right for the podcast, but you know, I'm just right. thinking of something, a random other thing that happened that I wanted to tell you about. So it's kind of sisterly catch up and podcast planning at the same time. Yeah. And actually a lot of times new ideas come out of our discussions of pre- our preparation discussions yes. because 
we'll be, say, talking about some try this at home and our, our discussion will go in a direction that we go, oh, wait a second, this really isn't relevant to what we're talking about. But this would be a good happiness stumbling block for next week's episode. Yeah. So it's really fun. For us, the podcast is so fun to prepare for. Yeah. And Gretchen, we have our set segments. You know, every week we do a try this at home and every week we do a happiness hack and every week we do demerits and gold stars, but other segments um, are more rotating. Yeah. And if anyone has ideas for segments they wish we did, um, I'd love to hear them. Right. Like careful listeners might realize that we did, when we started out, we didn't have a happiness hack, but we just realized right. like, oh my gosh, this is a great idea. So we added it later. And the four tendencies tip we didn't have for a while, but then as I got more and more obsessed with the four tendencies, that became a segment. So those are something that allow us to be a little bit creative and to adapt to different ideas or, or to spotlight different aspects of happiness on the podcast. It's a lot of fun. So yes, so that's how we prepare before we come in to actually do an episode. Thank you, Hillary. Um, I hope that uh, was a little bit interesting. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, Gretch, you are up first with a happiness demerit. What is your demerit this week? Okay, this is just like a weird thing about me that I kind of can't figure out. I'm giving myself a demerit because when I was on book tour, I would be in my hotel room and I would have all this time and I'd be like, I could read, I could read for research, I could read for fun, I could answer emails, I could, you know, work. And what I ended up doing was watching countless hours of HGTV. (laughs) And I don't get it because Mm. when I'm at home, I never watch it. Like, I literally don't even know what number the channel is in New York City. But when I was in a hotel room, it's like I would make a beeline, you know, Fixer Upper, Property Brothers, House Hunters, Beachfront, Bergen Hunt. I couldn't stop watching. It's just the strangest thing. I just feel compelled to watch this, but only in a hotel room. I cannot figure it out. And I wish that I was doing other stuff with that time. But it was like I couldn't, I was helpless to resist. (laughs) Well, Gretch, you know what? I'm going to contest this demerit. Ooh, contested demerit. Oh, this is like when I I contested your demerit for not writing thank you notes to Jack's birthday party guest. (laughs) Here's why I'm going to contest it. Yes, please do. When you're on book tour, you are expending so much energy. You're giving talks, you're meeting readers, you're signing books, you're in unfamiliar places. Yeah. I mean, you're, it's just, I've seen you and it's just an incredible output of energy. It's not like normal travel or any normal day. It's, 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 you know, really exhausting. So I think you need to just zone out in Uh, front of the television and give yourself that total break. (laughs) Even reading a book for fun is not the same break that watching Property Brothers. (laughs) That is my favorite, uh, by the way. And okay, I will take into consideration that contested demerit because it is something very, very relaxing about it. Um, Kind of a very deep relaxing. So maybe that's what's going on. Of course, Gretch, on your next book tour, I'm going to suggest you watch The Housewives. Uh, (laughs) Yes. At some point, Elizabeth, you're going to turn me on. It's got to happen. It's inevitable. 
But tell us about this gold star, this long-pursued gold star that you finally captured. Yes, Adam and I finally grilled. Yay! Oh, let's have a sound effect there. Like, Yay! That is huge! Yes, we have been talking about this for months, if not years, (laughs) um, about wanting to grill. We got our grill, and it sat outside for a few weeks, and it was unclear if we were ever really going to take the plunge. I talked about it on the podcast. Yes. And I really have to give Adam the credit because he led the charge on this. Ah. Um, Over the weekend, he was like, Let's go get some meat. We actually went to a carniceria. I think that's how you pronounce it, which is a Mexican meat store um, where we heard they had great kinds of meat, great marinated steak. Um, And it was a bit overwhelming because there were so many options and (laughs) we were just sort of deer in the headlights. So we asked the guy behind the counter to advise us. And we got some meat and we took it home and we even bought some corn, Uh um, which we made as well. And it took us about 15 minutes, but we figured out how to turn on the grill, which couldn't be easier, as it turns out. (laughs) Um, And we made this meat, and then we ate it, and it was delicious. And we ate our corn, which we uh, baked in the oven, which was also really easy. Um, And Jack loved it. That was a great thing. Jack has been really wanting us to eat at home because, you know, Adam and I eat out all the time, and we drag him along with us. Um, and it's his dream in life to only eat at home. Um, and so we ate at home as a family at our table and it was wonderful and it was delicious. And I think we're going to end up doing it a lot. And I think Adam's very excited about it too. So it was really a great Saturday night. Well, that is a big gold star because this is something that you really have wanted to achieve for a long time. And yet, it didn't seem impossible that maybe it would never happen. And yeah. now it has. So gold star yes. gold to you, to Adam, to Jack. Excellent. Yes. And the funny thing is I wanted to just do hot dogs. because <laughs> I thought, okay, this is all we can manage. But Adam was adamant that we start with steak and it turned out great. So I really give him a lot of credit on this one. Oh, that's great. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Be full of desire, but easy to please and non-judgmental. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our producer, Kristen Meinzer. Also, thanks to Andy Bowers of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes and rate and review us. That really does help other listeners discover the show if you do that. So gold star to you if you do that. Uh, The resources for this week. uh, Once again, I mentioned the Better app. The Better app is an app where it's all about the four tendencies. So you can talk about issues or examples or experiences that you have related to the four tendencies. Or you can join or start an accountability group if you need that. And that's, you can search Better Gretchen Rubin in the App Store or go to betterapp.us if you're on a desktop. Also, if you would like a signed book plate for your copy of The Four Tendencies or any book of mine, um, or if you want a signature card, if you have the ebook or the audiobook, I will put the link in the show notes about where you can send in your name and your address if you'd like that. And this is US and Canada only. I'm really sorry about that, but it's because these are actual physical things that I will mail to you. So because of mailing costs, I have to limit it to U.S. and Canada. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. Upward.